I invite you to take your Bibles and turn, if you will, to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1. It's good to be back with you. I appreciate your prayers as we were away, and uh, we had an enjoyable time as we were with the Keene family and their church down in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and I had the privilege of preaching on the doctrine of God. It's hard to do a, 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 a series of messages on the doctrine of God in just four messages, um, but we touched upon some of the things that uh, God has revealed of himself in his word. And thank you for your prayers. It's good to be back with you. Appreciated those that filled in um, as I was away. And uh, today, given that it is Thanksgiving uh, this week, it's hard to believe this year has flown by. And here it is, Thanksgiving is upon us. And I thought it would be good that we just speak about things to be thankful for. And as I prayed, we're going to do that in our meal as uh, we meet together to give thanks to God. I hope you came with an offering to offer up to the Lord uh, during that time. And I'm thankful that we had, as Christopher said, that we have this holiday of Thanksgiving because it is a reminder to us that we need to be a thankful people. And as Christians, we, we know, we realize that Thanksgiving is not a one-day-out-of-the-year event. This really is to characterize us as Christians. And we're a thankful people. But that's not our default setting, is it? We often are given to complaining and grumbling and murmuring. And yet... Paul tells us that we have every reason to give thanks to God always. He has heaped a blessing upon us. And so for this week and next week, we're going to just speak about reasons that we have to give thanks. And this kind of is also in connection with the series that we have been doing on the gospel. We have been talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of the gospel and the good news of the gospel is good news. We have every reason to be a thankful people if we are in Christ. And so this is what we want to talk about today in Ephesians here. We see that union with Christ brings the rich blessings of Christ. Follow, if you will, as I read, beginning at verse 3, and we're going to read down through verse uh, 14. And in this, in this section, it is one long sentence uh, in the original Greek. There are over little over 200 words. And it is this great doxology of praise to our God. Follow as I read verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him, in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved, in him. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, 
which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, that he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who, who trust first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted, uh, you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having, been, having believed that you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. What a wonderful portion of God's word. This begins with a glorious doxology here, and I love this doxology. And it speaks here about the union that we have with Jesus Christ brings the blessings of Christ. Here is a deep mine of rich blessings. The gospel is a story about rags to riches for those who are in Christ. When I was a little boy, I used to watch a show called The Beverly Hillbillies. And I'm going back, way back in time here. Um, Now, you remember the story about Jed Clampett. He was a poor mountaineer, could barely keep his family uh, fed. And one day, he was out shooting for some food, and up from the ground came what? Bubbling crude. You guys watched it, too. (laughs) Next thing you know, Jed's a millionaire, and his kinfolk said, Jed, you need to move away from here. California is the place you ought to be. So he loaded up the truck and family and went to California and went to Beverly. I left some of that out there. But anyway, old Jed Clampett, his story is a rags to riches. Poor mountaineer, could hardly feed his family. And now he's living in Hollywood with the movie stars and uh, all the riches there. And you know, if you're a Christian... In a far greater way, God has blessed you. It's not necessarily with gold and silver. It's not with Hollywood. It is the riches that are ours in Jesus Christ. He has richly, abundantly blessed us. And this is what we find here. Paul, as he's writing this letter, it's one of the four prison epistles Paul's writing from prison. He is waiting trial. And interestingly enough, as he begins this epistle that comes to the church at Ephesus and probably a circular letter that went to other churches, how does this man who is in prison, who is chained to a Roman guard, how does he begin 
he begins with a glorious doxology of praise to God. And he is telling these believers at Ephesus and us today of the great riches that are ours because of the union that we have with Christ. Joined to him, God has richly blessed us. And what an encouragement as we think of Paul there in prison and his heart is overwhelmed in worship and praise to his God. I have a lot to learn from Paul. I find my heart too often complaining and murmuring. We need to learn from a man writing from prison that we have great reason to rejoice and to give thanks even when it seems the bottom has fallen out. And so we here have this blessed doxology. The word that is used here, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The word blessed is the word from the Greek word from which we get our word eulogy. When you give a eulogy, you are speaking well of someone. That's what the word means, to speak well of. It's a good word. And here, to give blessing to God is to speak well of him, to give praise to him, to speak a good word about who he is and what he has accomplished. It's a doxology to praise him. Psalm 34, verse 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be on my mouth. And so it is with Paul, even as he's writing from prison, the praise of God is upon his lips and he bursts forth. As he opens up this this epistle, he opens up with praise to his God. And really, this, this is one of the marks of a Christian. This is a mark of those whose lives have been touched by the grace of God. They're learning what it is to be a thankful person. God's grace is working this into their life. So this will be one of the signs of God's fingerprints of his grace upon an individual that they're given to praise. Paul says, we are the true circumcision. We are the true believers who worship in the spirit and we glory in Christ Jesus and we put no confidence in our flesh. We are speaking much about God and his grace, and we are worshiping him. We don't do that perfectly, but we are learning more and more about that. And it's, it's, this is the mark of a believer. In Romans 1, it gets to the end of that long list of the effects of sin on a fallen race. And among all the great sins that are mentioned there in the degradation, it gets to the end of that, and it says, Neither were they thankful. Neither were they thankful. This is a mark, again, of an unregenerate heart, a heart that is estranged from God. They're not thankful. But this is a mark of a believer. This is the grace of God that is being worked into their life. And so I will bless the Lord at all times. We, we strive for that, don't we? Our default setting isn't worship and praise and thanksgiving. Our default setting is complaining and ingratitude. And so we must fight for faith in this area of our life. Fight for faith that we would, we would be a people who are grateful and worshipful, giving thanks to God. 
in a hymn that we often sing, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. My heart's prone to wonder, O Lord, knit my heart to you. Make me to be a worshiper. You are the fountain of every blessing. And so here is this doxology. When we think about a doxology, sometimes a doxology is giving praise to God for who he is, his person. And then sometimes it is giving praise to him because of his blessings that he has poured out upon us. And so David says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. So we bless the holy name of God and all that he's revealed himself to be. Then he goes on and says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget, forget none of his benefits. Think about them. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. It is a discipline. It is something that we are to do. We are to remember. We are to think about the benefits that God has given to us. And we have similar blessings that are given in the New Testament. 2 Corinthians 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father, the Father of all mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction. Thanks be to God that we have a God who comforts us, who is sympathetic to us, who helps us in our afflictions, in our trials, in our difficulties. And Paul says, blessed be our God, that he is He's the father of all mercies, the God of all comfort. And we've known that, haven't we, in our life. We're thankful that we belong to a God who is like this. And then Peter says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has caused us to be born again to a living hope, a living hope that is ours through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And he's given us an inheritance that's undefiled and it's not going to fade away. It's reserved in heaven for us. God in his grace has graced us and birthed us into this life that we have. And along with this life is a living hope. Hope is a wonderful thing. As we live in a fallen and a broken world, we have been graced with hope. A hope that sustains us, that upholds holds us in this fallen, broken world. And this hope is a living hope. It sustains and upholds us. Now, what is the reason for this hope here? Or what is the reason for this doxology here? As Paul breaks forth in this doxology, giving praise to God, what is this doxology about? Well, at the end of the verse, he says, he's giving blessing to God the Father. And he is the one who has blessed us, notice this, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. What an amazing, staggering statement and promise. that God has given to us every spiritual blessing in Christ. In our affirmations, we said that it is good to give thanks to the Lord, that he is worthy of our praise. And we are thankful for temporal blessings, aren't we? I hope that we are. We're going to be sharing some of those today, I'm sure. 
Every good and perfect gift comes from our Father above. God has given us all things richly to be enjoyed. And so we are thankful for family. I'm thankful for our grandson that I received this year. What a great blessing. We're thankful for food and shelter. We're thankful to live in a country where we have such an abundance and the freedoms that we enjoy. These are good and blessings that come to us from our God. But above and beyond that, far more important is what Paul says here. We have been given every spiritual blessing in Christ in the heavenly places. Unfortunately, sometimes our minds don't go there. We can only think about those temporal blessings or the lack thereof. But here, Paul is telling us that we have been blessed, abundantly blessed with every spiritual blessing. And it comes to us in connection with Christ. And so here he is giving praise and glory and honor to him. May I say this? We need to understand that worship and praise and thanksgiving does not operate out of a vacuum. If we're going to be a people who are thankful and grateful and worshiping, it's going to be as a result of digging deep into the word and into the gospel and seeing these blessings that God has given to us. So it's not just going to happen. It's going to be as we meditate upon the word of God, as we think upon the gospel and who Christ is and what Christ has done for us. And so here is this wonderful promise. What are the nature of these blessings? Well, he says they are spiritual. These are spiritual blessings. They're primarily of a spiritual nature. And they are rich blessings that are given to us. John Murray says, that which is spiritual is that which is produced by the Holy Spirit. These are gifts that come to us. They come to us through Christ. They're applied to us by the Holy Spirit, and they're spiritual in nature. And Paul lists in this chapter that we just read many of those blessings. They're not all of them, but there are many of them, and we're going to look at them more next week. But these are some of the rich blessings that we stand holy and blameless before our God. We are adopted. We've been predestined to be adopted and to be a part of his family. And so these are some of these spiritual blessings that have been given to us in Christ. And there in the heavenly places, these blessings come down to us from heaven. These blessings are not of this world. They do not come to us from here below. These blessings are not gold and silver, cryptocurrency. That's not too good of a thing, I guess, from what I hear this week. They're not generated by Wall Street, by especially not by Washington. They come to us from the heavenly places. We might say they are otherworldly. They're not of this world. And do you know what? Paul says that our citizenship is in heaven. These blessings come from the homeland where we are destined. We are citizens of this this heavenly city. 
Paul says that we have an inheritance that's undefiled and it's not going to fade away and it's reserved in heaven for us. And so these are blessings that are otherworldly. This world is passing away, but these things will endure. Paul says the things that are seen, they are transient, but the things that are unseen, they are eternal. For me to live is Christ, but to die is what? It's gain. And so we are rich in these spiritual, heavenly blessings that come to us. They come to us as a result of union with Christ. I've often used this illustration that when I married, I married up. I married up. I mentioned that I was, you know, coming out of seminary. I had, I had school debts. I didn't have much to my name, clothes on my back, and an old car. And when I married, and I said I do, everything that Jackie had became mine. And she had a nice new car, and she had money in the bank, and she had a house full of furniture. And by my union with her, I became, in a sense, rich. Things that were not mine became mine. As we think about this union, we have been united by the grace of God and by the work of the Spirit. We have been united to Jesus Christ, who has won all of these blessings for us. What a blessed union this is. The little prepositional phrase that we find, I think, over 200 times or something similar in the New Testament is in Christ. In Christ. In the beloved. United to Christ. It's just a short little phrase, but what a beautiful truth there is in that. To be united to Christ. To be joined to him. This is where these blessings come, being united to him, being joined to him. And what a vital union this union is. It's described by Jesus as a vine and a branch. We're a branch that is tied into this vine and life flows to us. This life flows to us from Jesus Christ. He is our head. We are the body, but we are joined to him as we talked about this week in our small groups and so this is a vital union where the very life of Christ and the blessings of Christ are communicated to us through him so it's a vital union but it is also a very personal union it's a very personal union that Christ knows his sheep he's intimately acquainted with them. He knows them by name. He loves them. He cares for them. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep. And Jesus said, even as the father has loved me, even so I have loved you. The one to whom we belong, with whom we have union, is the one who is touched With all of our infirmities, he is an inexhaustible reservoir of sympathy for his people to give grace and to give help to them in their time of need because he's in vital union with them and he loves them. Even as a husband loves his wife, he is 
He loves us in that way. But also it's a reciprocal love, isn't it? Because God in his grace has worked love in our heart for him. Here in his love, not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us. And we love him because he has first loved us. And so Peter, as he writes, says that as to the, to the ones he writes to, he says, having not seen him, Christ, yet you love him. And though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. It is this union that these riches, these spiritual riches, come to us through Christ. It is an artesian well that flows over and over and over that we become partakers of. So that John the Apostle, as he writes and as he speaks of Christ, he says that out of the fullness of Christ, out of the fullness of who Jesus Christ is, we partake of grace upon grace upon grace, one grace after another, out of the fullness of who he is and all the riches and all the blessings that he has won for us. These become ours, and we continue to receive from Christ these blessings, these blessings of the wisdom of Christ and the goodness and his love and his righteousness and his power. They are ours. And I want us to note something, that these blessings that Paul mentions here about being adopted, being a part of the family of God and being holy and blameless before him. No judgment can be brought against us, no condemnation. That we've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. These blessings that Paul's speaking about, these spiritual blessings, are only for those who are united to Christ. Now God in his kindness and his common grace, there are blessings, there are common blessings that that everyone enjoys in this world. He gives everyone life and breath. He's the one that sustains and gives the blessings. And, and there are many in this world that are very well-to-do. We think of Elon Musk, and the richest man, I think the richest man in the world. He's been abundantly blessed with physical, temporal blessings. But these blessings that we're talking about here, They're only found in union with Christ and knowing Christ and belonging to him. This is what we would say is special grace, particular grace gifts that are given to those that are savingly united to Christ by faith. And he is the one that gives these to his people. And so only those who are a true Christian enjoy these gifts. He who has the Son has life. He who believes in the Son has life. But he who rejects the Son does not have this life, and the wrath of God abides upon him. What profit is it if you gain the whole world, but you don't have Christ? These blessings alone are found in him. And he who believes in the Son He has life and he has these blessings that Paul is speaking about. 
And so it is only in Christ that these blessings are found. But note also that Paul says here that we receive every, every spiritual blessing or all blessings. There are many and there are various blessings that are given to us by Christ. He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness in Christ. But everything that we need, every blessing that we need, it's found in him. And they have been given to us in Christ. God has already done this. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We don't need to look elsewhere for blessing. Everything that we need is found in Jesus Christ. Every blessing. Sometimes you'll hear, hear, hear people say, well, have you received the second blessing? Well, no. I, I've received every blessing in Christ and being enjoined in union with him. Dane Ortland says, as he speaks of this union with Christ, he said, this is kind of the umbrella doctrine. He said this, union with Christ is the umbrella doctrine within which every benefit of salvation is included. When we are united to Christ, we get all these benefits. And again, he goes on to explain what some of those benefits are, and we'll look at these a little bit more next week. But they all come to us in Christ. They have been given to us in Christ. And all of it is found in him. And they are found nowhere else. There's only one mediator between God and men. It is the man, Jesus Christ, the son of God. We don't need supplements. We don't need to find these blessings elsewhere. Paul says this, that all the promises of God They are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. If you have Christ, you have all the promises of God, everything that you need for life and godliness. God is an abundant giving God. He blesses abundantly, and he has done that in the riches that he's poured out to us in Jesus Christ. So Paul can say this, this wonderful chapter, Romans 8, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but he delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him, with Christ, also freely give us all things, all things that we could possibly need? And he's arguing from the the greater to the lesser. If God spared not his own son, the son of his love that he delights in, he spared him not. He offered him up as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. If he spared that and he did, he spared not his own son and he did that for us. That's the greater thing. Would he not do the lesser thing? Whatever else that we are going to need, isn't he going to give us all things in Christ? This is the wonderful truth that Paul is getting at here also in Ephesians 1. Anything that is for our ultimate good in this life or in eternity to come and our happiness in both of these lives, it all comes to us in Christ and nothing is denied us. It is ultimately for our good. 
An important question we might ask ourselves today is, if I'm a Christian, if I am savingly joined to Christ, how did this come about? How did it come about that I could be joined to Jesus Christ, to have all of these rich blessings that I enjoy in him? Paul goes on to tell us, doesn't he, in verse 3, immediately upon this, these spiritual blessings that we have that have come from the Father through his Son, applied to us by the Spirit, very Trinitarian in this chapter. Paul then says this, just as he chose us in him, in Christ, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Paul wasn't writing this to bring about a church split. Paul is just stating a wonderful, amazing truth. That if I'm a Christian today, it's because God had set his love upon me before the world ever began. That he chose me in Christ. When we think about this union that we have with Jesus Christ, being united and joined to him. How did this come about? Our response is not to be in the first person. It's because I fill in the blank. It's in the third person. It's because he loved me and chose me before the world ever began and purposed that I would be united to his son and receive these rich blessings that come to me through him. Do you see why it's a doxology? Do you see why it's praise to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ? It's, it's all of his grace. It's all of his mercy and all of his kindness. And therefore, thirdly this morning, we recognize, I hope, we are in Christ. We are a blessed people. We are a blessed people. Psalm 16, verse 6. The boundary lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. Here is David speaking. I'm in a good place by the grace and the mercy and the kindness of God. And that is true for us, if you're a Christian, that I'm in a good place. Spiritually, I am in Christ. The boundary lines have fallen to me in pleasant places, in good places. And thanks be to God. He is the one who has translated me out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of his own dear beloved Son. And thanks be to God that we have been born from above. So in Christ, every spiritual blessing, every heavenly blessing is ours in him. We are rich in him. So this Thanksgiving, may we be thankful for many of the temporal blessings. I hope that we are. But may we especially be thankful and give thanks to God 
for these blessings that come to us as a result of being united to the Lord Jesus Christ and all that we have in him. William Hendrickson said this, What is thanksgiving? It is a grateful acknowledgement of benefits received. It presupposes that the person who engages in this activity recognizes three things. First, that the blessings which he enjoys were bestowed upon him. They were bestowed upon himself so that in all honesty, he cannot give himself credit for them. Secondly, that he is totally unworthy of them. And thirdly, that they are great and they are manifold. Thanks be to God that he has not dealt with us according to our sins. He's not rewarded us according to our iniquities, but he has abundantly blessed us in Christ. So I want to ask you today, are you in Christ? You know what Paul is speaking about here, about being united to him and joined to him. He is your life. All of your hope is in him. And these blessings only he can provide. They're not found anywhere else. If not, we point you to him today. He who believes in the Son has life, has this life. But if you reject him, if you reject him, you don't have this life. And the wrath of God is abiding upon you. And today is a day of salvation. It's an invitation for you to flee to Christ where these blessings are found. And he invites you to come. Come unto me, all who are weary, heavy laden. I will give you rest. I will pour out my blessings upon you. May you run to Jesus today if you're here without Christ. You're like a sheep. You're going your own way and you're seeking You're seeking blessings in this life alone. But if you in this life only receive blessings, what profit is it if you gain all that the world can give to you and yet you lose your soul? Flee to Christ and live in him. Shall we pray? Our Lord and our God, we come humbly,